Happy Birthday, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Chapter 4. The Picky Eater Cure. Will Pemberton, you have been turning down your mouth and making faces at your plate for long enough, Will's mother pleaded as she watched her son pick his way through yet another meal. Only one tiny piece of chicken has passed your disapproving lips since you sat down. You haven't eaten a single grain of that rice you've been pushing around your plate, or a bite of that salad you're hiding under your napkin. But, Mom, Will whined as he speared a lettuce leaf with his fork by mistake. Eck, eck! Will began waggling and waving his fork back and forth at arm's length, trying to dislodge the hated greens. Whoosh! The lettuce leaf flew off the fork and landed splat right in his father's water glass. Mr. Pemberton glared at his son as he fished the dripping lettuce out of the glass. That's enough nonsense for one evening, young man. Pick up your fork and eat your dinner now. Will squinched up his face, flared his nostrils, then clutched his throat and pretended to gag. But there's parsley in that rice. You know I hate green stuff, and I don't like smelly chicken. It tastes gross. Blah. Will shivered exaggeratedly and pushed his plate away. Why can't I just have plain white noodles like the Maggle kids' mom makes for them? I love plain noodles, and they don't smell bad either. With a sigh, Mr. Pemberton pushed back his chair, stood up, and swept Will's plate off the table. That's it. I've had it. If you won't eat what your mother cooked for you, then you won't eat at all. Go to your room and get ready for bed, young man. Still muttering and complaining under his breath, Will moped up the stairs to his bedroom. As Mr. and Mrs. Pemberton took their coffee and dessert into the living room, Mrs. Pemberton said to her husband, Pete, don't you think you were a little unfair to poor Will? He could have an upset stomach, or maybe the poor dear has a sore throat. I'll take him a cold glass of milk and a few cookies in a few minutes. I just hate the thought of our little boy going to bed on an empty stomach. Mr. Pemberton sighed and shook his head, but said, Whatever you think, dear. When Mrs. Pemberton went upstairs with a snack she had fixed, she found Will sitting on the floor playing with his chemistry set, not getting ready for bed, as he had been told. Will's face brightened for a moment at the sight of the treats. He, he eagerly reached for a cookie, but recoiled almost immediately in disgust. He made a face at the plate of cookies, then looked up at his mother reproachfully. Yuck, Will said with a frown. Mother, those are raisin cookies. You know I hate raisins. He turned back to his chemistry set and continued looking at the grape very intently with his magnifying glass. I'm sure there's a worm in there somewhere, he said as he peered at the grape. Will, would you please stop monkeying around and get ready for bed right now, Mrs. Pemberton ordered. I was only working on this important project for Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, he whined. Will slowly packed up his chemistry set and got into bed. The next morning, Will came bouncing down to breakfast with a big smile on his face. Morning, Mom, he said happily. Mrs. Pemberton said, Well, I'm glad to see you're looking so bright and cheery this morning, dear. I must say, it's a nice change from last night. You must be feeling better. 
Did you sleep well, sweetheart? Will slid into his chair and patted his tummy. I sure did. And boy, am I starving. What's for breakfast? Ah, music to my ears, said Mrs. Pemberton. She brought over a steaming plate of pancakes and sausage and placed it in front of Will. Suddenly, he stopped smiling, grabbed his nose, and began coughing. <laughs> you! What's that awful smell? Is that sausage? Ugh! A double yuck! What disgusting! Too hungry to make his mother take the plate away to remove the offending sausage, Will grabbed for the syrup with one hand and began to pour it over his pancakes. With the other hand, he took his fork and began pushing the sausage gingerly to the far side of his plate. He was so focused on getting the sausage as far away from the pancakes as possible that he forgot about the maple syrup pouring out of the pitcher. A pool of syrup began to spread across the plate floating the pancakes closer and closer to the sausage. Ugh! Will noticed just in time and frantically began to poke at the pancakes, spinning them in little circles to avoid contact with the sausage. In doing so, he also spun some of the syrup right off his plate, leaving a sticky puddle on the table. Will's father watched in silence as Will spun the and picked at his pancakes, Eating only a few bites, Will speared a strawberry in his fork and sniffed at it daintily, then peered at it with a sour look on his face. Instead of putting the berry in his mouth, he dropped it into the sea of syrup with a splash plop. Hmm. Will's father put down the morning paper and said in a stern voice, Okay, son, that's enough nonsense this morning. Eat or you'll be late for school. Will sighed loudly turning the corner of his mouth down so far that his lips practically disappeared. He slowly ate three bites of pancakes. Then he picked up his glass, squeezed his eyes tightly shut, and drank half of his chocolate milk, just enough to wash down the taste of the pancakes. Mrs. Pemberton sighed. Time for school, she said. She briskly moved Will's dishes and brought them to the sink, noticing how little Will had eaten of his breakfast. I'm sure you'll be very hungry at lunchtime, dear. Will's father just said, All right, Picky Pemberton, get some of that syrup rinsed off, and I'll give you a ride to school on my way to work. When Will and his father left, Mrs. Pemberton sat down at the kitchen table and wondered how, in the space of just a few weeks, her little boy had changed from a healthy eater who devoured almost anything that was put in front of him to this picky, finicky face maker. Suddenly, Mrs. Pemberton had an idea. I know just what to do. I'll make his favorite, a bacon and tomato sandwich. He'd never turn up his nose at that, she said to herself with satisfaction. When Will came bounding through the kitchen door at lunchtime, the sandwich... The sandwiches were waiting. His mother had even made brownies for dessert in hope that for once Will would eat without face-making, gagging, groaning, and complaining about how much he didn't like the taste of this or that, smell of this or that either. Look, dear, your favorite, Mrs. Pemberton said hopefully as Will sat down at the table. But Will just pulled the delicious sandwich apart bit by bit. He leaned in and examined the bacon, sniffing it, 
distastefully. He scraped at small specks of salt and pepper on the tomatoes. Finally, Will picked up his napkin. Mrs. Pemberton held her breath in anticipation. Finally, Will was going to eat. But then he proceeded to pick up the lettuce with the napkin, fold it, and put it on the table away from the plate. His mother let out her breath in a disappointed whoosh. Will then began his customary poking and picking. These tomatoes taste sour and yucky, he said, squinching up his face. I don't understand why I just can't have plain white noodles. Mrs. McGill makes them all the time. This was just too much for Mrs. Pemberton. But I thought you loved bacon and tomato sandwiches. At least you did until two weeks ago, she said. Will didn't hear her. He was too busy peering at the brownies. He picked up one, took a tiny bit, and slowly began to chew. Suddenly, he started gagging. Ah, bleh, ugh, walnuts, he exclaimed in disgust, spitting the bits of brownies back into his plate. One by one, he removed the walnuts from the brownies until only a pile of crumbs remained. Fed up, Will's mother jerked the food from under Will's sniffing gaze. Go to school now. You're going to be late. Will slumped and looked sulkily as he went out the door. His mother could hear him as he whined his way out the gate. Noodles, just noodles. That's all I want. I don't know why I can't just have plain noodles. That evening, when dinner was served, Will's behavior was the worst his mother and father had seen so far. Ugh! What's that horrible smell? Will said in disgust as he sat down at the dining room table. He pinched his nose dramatically, flung himself out of his chair, not finishing anything. He then began rolling around on the dining room floor, clutching his throat, sticking out his tongue, and making the most awful gagging sounds. His mother said, Will, that's enough. Get up off the floor. Sit in your chair like a gentleman and eat your dinner. Will obeyed, but continued to make coughing noises under his breath while his mother brought the food to the table. All through dinner, Will pretended to gag on each tiny flake of broiled salmon. He clutched his throat with each bite of potato. He poked and prodded at the fresh peas and carrots from his mother's garden until they were all in a pile on the far edge of his plate. Mr. Pemberton watched this dramatic performance for about twenty minutes, then said in a very loud voice, "'Young man, your rude treatment of this delicious food is an insult to your mother and all of her hard work, and I refuse to stand for it any more. If you won't eat the meal your mother prepared,' then you won't have any dinner at all. Go upstairs, brush your teeth, and go to bed. With a put-upon sigh, Will pushed his chair back from the dinner table, trudged up the stairs. Mr. and Mrs. Pemberton could hear him as he noisily thumped and bumped his way up to his room, whining and, and complaining in a loud voice. Fish! Ugh! Old, smelly, icky, stinky, slimy fish! I hate fish. It tastes even a million times worse than it smells. And peas and carrots, a double, triple, yuckety hooey. 
Will made a spitting noise and one final dramatic gag as he slammed the door to his room. Mr. Pemberton got out of his chair, gave his wife a reassuring hug as she tearfully cleared the table. Mildred, why don't you call some of your friends about little Inspector Sniff and Poke? I'm sure we aren't the only parents to have such a picky eater. What a wonderful idea! I'll call Mary Jo Wingstaff. Maybe she'll be able to help. Mrs. Pemberton said, her face brightening with hope. She bustled into the kitchen to call her friend. Mrs. Wingstaff answered in a sing-song voice after only two rings. Hello, Wingstaff residence. Mrs. Wingstaff speaking. Mrs. Pemberton said, Oh, Mary Jo, I'm so glad you answered. I need some advice. We're having the most awful problems with Will. He's turned into the most terrible picky eater in the last few weeks. He won't eat anything. He just keeps asking for plain white noodles. Oh, my dear Mildred, how horrible for you. Hotwig and I have not had a single worry about picky eating. Thank goodness, Ariel and Finch... Always eat every delicious thing I put in front of them. Of course, they do have their favorites. Don't we all? But every day they beg for my special peanut butter and pickle herring sandwiches of pepperknuckle bread. And just tonight I made our favorite dinner, Brussels sprouts and anchovy quiche with a graham cracker crust. It disappeared like magic. Would you like the recipe? I know you would love it too. Mrs. Pemberton could hardly keep from laughing as she said, No, thank you, Mary Jo. I wouldn't dream of taking one of your family's favorite recipes, but I appreciate the offer. I'll call you later. Mrs. Pemberton hung up the phone, feeling a little sick to her stomach at the thought of the Wingstaff's favorite foods. Well, that was no help at all, she said, as she described the conversation to her husband. I'll probably have better luck if I call Carol McGill. All Will talks about are the noodles that the McGill kids eat whenever they want. Those five children can't all be picky eaters, even if Will does say they have noodles whenever they want. Mrs. Pemberton called her friend, who answered the phone cheerfully. Oh, Carol, I'm so glad you're still up. I was hoping you'd be able to help me out with Will my picky eater. At every single meal these days he comes into the kitchen holding his nose, gagging, making faces, and saying, Ugh! What's that smell? And how your children get noodles whenever they want, and why can't we have noodles too? Carol McGill laughed. Carol McGill laughed. Oh yes, I know the old noodle noodle will only eat noodles routine very well. I hate to admit it, Mildred, but I finally just started to give it to the complaints and cook noodles for almost every meal with picky eaters like I have. It's just easier. I've given up on making them eat normal food. But why don't you call Mrs. Pigglewiggle? All the children in town love her. She seems to have magical cures that will fix anything. I'll bet she has just the solution for you. When Mrs. Pemberton called Mrs. Pigglewiggle, she felt better just hearing her cheerful voice. Hello, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. This is Mildred Pemberton. I believe you know my son, Will. 
Oh, of course I do. Why, Will plays here almost every day with his friends, Mrs. Pigglewiggle said cheerfully. Just the other day, he brought a magnifying glass and helped me find the pesky worms that had been eating my geraniums and getting into my raspberries. Will he help me in the garden? He told me all about his chemistry set. He seems very interested in science. That makes me very happy to hear, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, said Mrs. Pemberton. But in the past few weeks, Will has become the most terrible picky eater. He has turned every meal into a scientific exploration, picking apart each tiny morsel that I serve him. His reaction to everything that I put in front of him is to just dreadfully make noises and faces at it. He whines endlessly. How all the other kids get noodles, especially the McGills, and why can't he have noodles all the time, too? Mrs. Pemberton sighed. I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. Do you have any advice? Mrs. Pigglewiggle laughed. Ah, yes, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. The nose-holding, pretend-retching, throat-clutching, how awful everything smells and tastes phrase. I overhear the children discussing and acting this out a great deal. Definitely symptoms of the dread of every parent. Picky eaters. I have a cure that works just beautifully. Be sure and tell Will to stop here after school tomorrow and not to forget his magnifying glass and his tweezers. He really is such a help with the insect control, especially searching for the writhy, wriggly worms as he calls them, in my berry patch. Now, don't worry, Mrs. Pemberton, the cure is quite dramatic, but it's also very simple and completely harmless, and you will all enjoy the results especially well. And best of all, it is guaranteed to work in just a few days. Mrs. Pemberton could hardly wait to tell Mr. Pemberton about her conversation with Mrs. Pigglewiggle. The next morning, Will's mother cooked a wonderful breakfast of scrambled eggs, blueberry muffins, bowls of fresh raspberries, and cream, and freshly squeezed orange juice. Will's father was thoroughly enjoying his meal until he noticed that his son had a raspberry impaled on a toothpick. Will was staring at the raspberry with his magnifying glass and the tweezers from his chemistry set. Will removed each tiny hair and seed as he examined the center of the raspberry. Black seeds, Will said as he made a face at the offending berry. William Pemberton, or shall I call you Picky Pemberton? I don't care if there are an army of seeds on that raspberry. Eat your breakfast, Mr. Pemberton scolded in frustration. Will still hadn't taken a bite. He was too busy making faces, staring through his scrambled eggs, looking for flecks of parsley and specks of pepper. He dismantled his muffin, picking out every single blueberry and leaving only a pile of muffin crumbs on his plate. Mr. Pemberton had reached his limit. Go to school, Will, he growled, snapping the morning paper as he did so. Will, dear, his mother said as she began to clear the table. Mrs. Pigglewiggle wants you to stop by her home after school today to help her with something. She said not to forget to bring your magnifying glass and your tweezers. 
The front door was open when Will arrived. Mrs. Pigglewiggle called from inside. Come in. I'm so glad you're here. And how wonderful you brought your magnifying glass and tweezers. I was hoping to pick my raspberries today. Now, you can't help me search out these pesky old writhy worms, can you? I certainly don't want them in my raspberry jam. But first, let's have a nice piece of gingerbread. Mrs. Pigglewiggle's pet pig, Lester, was sitting at the table daintily sipping a cup of tea. Will sat down next to him and watched him with a stricken look as Mrs. Pigglewiggle began serving large pieces of warm, fragrant gingerbread. Mrs. Pigglewiggle smiled at Will. What's wrong, dear? Don't you like gingerbread? Will hung his head and looked very embarrassed. No, thank you. I, I just like noodles. Will said, still staring at the plate Mrs. Pigglewiggle had put in front of him. Mrs. Pigglewiggle opened the large cupboard next to the stove, took out a glass of jar with a shaking lid, and put it on the kitchen table. Will could see that the jar was filled with glowing rainbow-colored snowflake-shaped crystals. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said with a twinkle in her eye, Just shake a little of this on your gingerbread, Will. Will picked up the glowing shaker and sprinkled a few of the colored crystals on the plate of gingerbread in front of him. The crystals floated down, making a sizzling sound as they landed. Will stared in amazement as a swirling rainbow-colored cloud rose, hiding the entire plate of offensive gingerbread. Even the smell had magically vanished. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, now blow on the cloud gently three times and say, Noodle, noodle, please appear. Will did, as Mrs. Pigglewiggle advised. Immediately the cloud vanished, and there in front of Will was a steaming plate of white noodles. Will gasped in surprise and delight, then picked up his fork and dug right in. Wow, this is really, really cool, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I love noodles, Will exclaimed his mouth full of mushy white noodles. Wish I could take some of this home and put it on my yucky food my mom makes me eat all the time. I keep telling my folks that all I really like to eat are noodles, just plain white noodles, but they don't listen. Of course you may take the jar home with you, Will, dear, Mrs. Pigglewiggle said. I'll put it in this pretty purple drawstring pouch with the note for your parents. Before we finish... Would you mind sprinkling some crystals in Penelope's dish for me? She's not been too fond of her food lately either. Will took the jar of rainbow crystals out of the velvet drawstring pouch and sprinkled some of the crystals on the parrot's dish. Penelope watched intensely as the seeds began to sizzle and the small rainbow-colored cloud covered her food. Will blew on the cloud, made his magic command, and there in Penelope's dish, instead of birdseed, were noodles, lots of noodles. Penelope flapped her wings and repeated, Noodles! Noodles! All I want is noodles! Ack! Lester, who was enjoying a second helping of gingerbread, carefully shielding his plate with a napkin, as Will bounded back to the table with the jar of crystals. Wag put his paw over his dog biscuits and Lightfoot pushed her saucer of milk under Mrs. Pigglewiggle's chair to protect their food from any stray crystals floating about. But Will didn't notice. 
That evening, when Mrs. Pemberton came home, his wife showed him the jar of rainbow-colored crystals and read the note from Mrs. Picklewiggle. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Pemberton, at each meal and even on snacks, Will must sprinkle these crystals on his food. I showed him how the crystals work this afternoon. You will enjoy how fast this cure works. The crystals are harmless, the results are quite entertaining, and the jar magically never empties until Will is cured. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Excellent! A little entertainment will be most welcome. I was getting tired of Picky Pemberton's usual mealtime antics. What smells so good, dear wife? I'm starving. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, said Mr. Pemberton. Mrs. Pemberton laughed at her husband's joke and said, I made what used to be one of our son's favorite dinners until a few weeks ago. Spare ribs and twice-baked potatoes. In fact, dinner is just about ready. Pete, would you call Will to the table? He's holed up in his room studying some of the worms he found in Mrs. Pigglewiggle's today. When Will sat down at the table, he stared at his dinner, turned up his nose, swelled his nostrils, and made a ghastly face. Ugh, he groaned. This stuff looks revolting. I could smell it all the way upstairs in my room. At that moment, Will saw the jar of colored crystals his mother had put next to his plate. With a shout of delight, the first one his parents had heard him utter at the table in weeks, he picked up the jar and sprinkled the rainbow-colored snowflake crystals all over his plate and even some of it in his milk. Mom, Dad, you can eat these icky old spare ribs, but I'm going to have plain white noodles just like I wanted. The crystal flakes sizzled as they hit the ribs and the small rainbow-colored cloud rose, hiding Will's entire dinner. Now watch this, Will said, carefully blowing three times on the hovering cloud and chanting, Noodles, noodles, please appear. Will's parents stared in amazement as the rainbow-colored cloud vanished, leaving only plain white noodles on his plate and in his glass. Will said, Oh boy, plain noodles, yum! And even the terrible smell is gone. And he ate every last noodle on his plate. The next morning, Will's mother cooked up waffles and bacon for breakfast. Out of habit, Will started to complain about the smell and made faces at the food. He shivered when his mother placed a small slice of melon on his plate. Then he remembered the jar of crystals and without another word sprinkled his food, blew on the cloud, and noodles appeared. Once again, the small rainbow colored cloud dissolved and there on will's plate was a steaming mound of white noodles within moments will's plate was empty and will was rubbing his tummy in satisfaction mmm he sighed i could eat this for breakfast every single day i think i hear the mcgills at the front gate i just can't wait to tell them that about these magic crystals and how I can have plain white noodles every time I want and don't have to eat any more gloppy old goop just like them. Then Will had gone off to school. Will's mother picked up the jar of rainbow crystals and held it up to the light. This jar really is magic, Pete. 
The way Will has been sprinkling everything, you would think it would be empty by now, but it's just as full as when Mrs. Pigglewiggle sent it home. Mr. Pemberton said, Don't even think of spoiling my breakfast. Pass me some more bacon, Mildred. Plain white noodles, gross. Mrs. Pemberton laughed, and they both finished their breakfast. When Will came home for lunch, he could smell the tuna fish sandwich his mother had made as soon as he walked through the door. P.U. I hate tuna fish. It's so stinky, Will said. He held his nose with one hand and quickly poured the rainbow crystals with the other. He sprinkled the bowl of grapes and, of course, the oatmeal raisin cookies and finally put a dash of crystals on his milk. For the next few days, at each meal, no matter what was served, Will sprinkled his food with the rainbow-colored crystals and turned everything into plain white noodles, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He even sprinkled his after-school snack. He turned an apple into noodles, a banana into noodles, a bag of potato chips into noodles, even a donut into noodles, and still the jar of crystals remained completely full. On Friday evening, when Will's mother served the toasted green salad, he did his rolling eyes and pretended to gag just a little, but didn't say a word as he picked up the jar of colored crystals and rather slowly and enthusiastically sprinkled his spaghetti and meatballs. Halfway through his meal, he put down his fork. Is everything all right, Will? His mother asked, her eyes dancing. Eat up all your noodles. You wouldn't want to miss dessert. I've made an apple pie. Would you like me to go ahead and sprinkle some of your crystals on a slice? Um, actually, Mama, I'm kind of full. May I please be excused to work on my worm project for Mrs. Pigglewiggle, he asked. Why, of course you may, darling, Mrs. Pemberton replied, stifling a chuckle of delight. After Will had left the room, his parents looked at each other and stared at the jar of rainbow-colored crystals. It was only half full now. Mrs. Pemberton said, Pete, I think this cure just might be starting to work. Thank goodness, Mr. Pemberton exclaimed in relief. I know it's only been a few days, but if I have to see any more plates full of those mushy-gushy noodles, I'm going to lose my appetite. On Saturday morning, Will did not make a face or complain about the smell of the pancakes or the bacon that were served to him. He made a rather quiet, half-hearted command of noodles, noodles, please appear, and began to slowly eat. A few times, Mr. Pemberton looked up from his own plate and noticed Will looking at the pancakes and bacon longingly, but he remained quiet, uttering only an occasional, Mmm, this bacon tastes wonderful. It's cooked just right. When Will had slowly slurped up the last noodle, his father said, Let's go to the hardware store. We can stop at Papa Joe's Pizza Palace on the way home. I could go for a slice of extra cheese with pepperoni on top. What do you say, sport? Great idea, Dad, Will said as he grabbed his jacket and raced out the kitchen door. He didn't hear his mother call after him as he hoped as he hopped down the back steps two at a time. Will, you forgot your crystals. Don't worry, dear, Will's father said. I think I detected a slight note of enthusiasm in our little Will's voice. I could 
I couldn't tell if it was the trip to the hardware store or the mention of Papa Joe's Pizza Palace, but just in case, he slipped the bag of magic crystals in his jacket pocket. After they were through at the hardware store, Mr. Pemberton and Will made their way to Papa Joe's Pizza Palace. The minute they opened the door, they were met with a waft of warm, delicious tomato sauce and cheese-scented air floating out of the restaurant. Mmm, the marvelous scent of freshly baked pizza. Mr. Pemberton rubbed his hands together in delight and grinned at Will. There's nothing like it, is there? Will smiled and started to answer his father, but Mr. Pemberton interrupted him, a serious look on his face. Oops, I'm sorry, son, he said. Is the, small, is the smell too much for you? I forgot that you don't like the smell of strong foods. We can go somewhere else if you like. Will took a moment, then replied in a quiet voice, Oh, no, it's okay, Dad. Let's go in here. Will and his father sat down at the table and began to read their menus. When Papa Joe himself came to take their order, they asked for the Papa Joe special, a super-duper jumbo pizza pie with double extra cheese, pepperoni, and meatballs. After Papa Joe left their table, Will's father began rummaging around in his pocket. Oh, I just remembered. Will! You forgot to take your noodle crystals when we left the house, so I grabbed them for you. Wouldn't want you to have to eat pizza when you could be enjoying your plain white noodles. I know they're your favorite. Now, where could they be? Uh, got them. With that, Mr. Pemberton placed the purple pouch containing the jar of crystals in the middle of the table with a loud thump. Everyone in the restaurant turned and looked at Will and his father and the jar of crystals sitting there. At that moment, Papa Joe slapped a huge steaming pizza gooey with melted cheese onto the table. Mr. Pemberton took a slice and placed it on a plate. Will looked at the pizza. Then he looked at the jar of crystals. Finally, he looked straight at his father. You know, Dad, uh, I think I'm kind of in the mood for a bit of pizza. To be honest, I'm kind of starting to get well and a little tired of eating just those plain, mushy old white noodles. Can I please take this jar back to Mrs. Pigglewiggle? I'm sorry I've been such a picky eater. From now on, I'll eat whatever you and Mom want. Mr. Pemberton grinned and passed a plate of pizza across the table to Will. That sounds just fine, son. Why don't you go ahead and put the jar in your pocket? And then we can stop at Mrs. Pigglewiggle's on the way home and thank her and give her back her crystals. Thanks, Dad, Will grinned happily. As he picked up the jar, Will got a funny look on his face. He gave the pouch a quick shake, then removed the jar and unscrewed the lid. He stared in disbelief. The jar was completely empty. The shaker lid only glowed a little tiny bit at pulling the drawstring of the bag closed around it. Is something wrong, son? Mr. Pemberton asked in concern. You haven't changed your mind, have you? Would you rather have noodles after all? Will shoved the pouch into his pocket. Nope, no more noodles for me, he said, and took a big bite of steaming, wonderful-smelling pizza.